Hi, I'm Hey Bid Hero, and I wanted to share a message with you from our friends at PETA via the game Kitten Squad. In the wild, orcas spend 95% of their time deep down in the ocean to protect themselves from the sun. Since the orcas at marine parks live in shallow pools with chemical-filled water and can't hide from the sunlight, they get a lot of sunburns. Aww. Yeah, that's sad. Welcome to the Game Go Podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about video games and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. I'm Hey Bit Hero. I'm Sonareth. And we are Game Go. Yes, we are. The both of us. And you for contributing to our empire. Indeed. Thank um, you guys very much for still listening, those who are. I'm going to start calling it the Game Go Empire from now on. How about the Game Gampire? The Game Pyre. I'm going to start calling it the Game Go Empire, everybody. Uh, hey, hope, hope you guys are having a good uh, week. Uh, so far, um, from the last time we left you, I'm still here mm-hmm. sitting. I haven't left the seat in a week, so exciting time for us. A lot He's of... been here the whole time, and I want him to out. <laughs> yeah. No, um, we got a couple of news stories. Uh, the first one is one that we're just kind of creating. Kitten Squad. Yeah. You might be wondering about the intro. That we did. So, apparently, PETA has come out with a game. Like Another one, yeah. PETA, in cooperation with Arcade Distillery, uh, the developers of the game, have released a game. They published a game. Um, I'm I'm an idiot. And <laughs> yeah. I, I'm scrolling through the eShop. I, I see the game free. Kitten Squad, whatever. I'm pretty down at least. Just try it out. It's free. I grabbed it. I started it up. I noticed. <laughs> I don't know Nothing. how. I didn't. I don't know how I didn't notice the PETA logo at the title screen. But yeah. I guess maybe I was just, you know, haphazardly pressing A. I get to the A. I, get, I mean, I get to the uh, gameplay of it. And it's actually a pretty decent game. But all the characters, uh, everything in the game, all of the text is very heavy handed. Sad. I, I don't know that it's a PETA game yet, and these <laughs> these guys are just very, very viscerally describing awful acts of torture and inhumanity to inhumane, inhumane acts to animals. And it's not until later that I find out, like, or I, I, I make, I come to the conclusion, oh, this is an advocacy game. I guess that's why it was free. But it, like, the gameplay and everything, it doesn't. It does a good job of keeping it all to the story and font and text. Yeah. Sorry, not font, but the, the text. Um, you ha- you have to read for any of that stuff. The gameplay is actually just a solid... It's a Binding of Isaac kind of clone. It's... You can do it four players, so that's kind of fun. Like, if you ever wanted to take Isaac multiplayer... Or raid a place and free the animals. Yeah, you know, you know or if you want to do that. But, <laughs> yeah... That's the first story there is PETA has a game. Uh, it actually doesn't have like any uh, – Metacritic didn't have any actual critics' reviews of it. Oof. Okay. Um, there's a lot of user reviews or several user reviews, not a whole lot. Um, 
one of them gave it a zero. So it's like, how much credibility can I really give you? Another one gave Depends it like Depends on a, why they gave it a zero. Like. And they just, it was, is this is a Peter game. I'm not going to support this. Something along those lines. Uh-huh. I don't know. And yeah, um, I'm just tripping out. Peter came out with a game. And it isn't, it's just weird that it isn't heavy handed through its gameplay. The gameplay is just standard shooter roguelike. Well, yeah, because I think I remember a few years ago they made like a Pokemon style clone type of thing where you fight the animals and then that was a very heavy handed like, oh, you had your Pikachu attack and now like you forced your animal into subservience and da da da. It's like. I really wish we had looked up the other games that PETA has ever tried to license because yeah. those as well, like there is a there is a Mario parody that they have, a Flash oh, Mario parody. God. Yeah, about fur is murder. Yeah, because he wears of a tanuki the, suit. Yeah, they, use, they uh, exemplify it through the tanuki suit. And this is a really weird way to try and uh, show anybody this. But yeah, like this Kitten Squad, like I said, it's just a decent game. It's not amazing. It's nothing mind-blowing, but it's also a solid build of a game. It's not garbage. But um, also, and okay, so the reason I wanted to talk about it is that I think it's a little problematic because some of the things that they describe and illustrate happening to the animals is not suitable for younger players. I keep forgetting about that. I don't even know what it's rated. Yeah. It, it, it was free, and I'm sure that it's... yeah. That's... Actually, do you want to look it up for real quick? Okay, so we looked up the rating. It's T for teen, so it's not. It's it's an advocacy game, but with that, you know, as uh, if any parents listening, uh, yeah, I mean, you make sure you are watching with your kids. It's trying to teach them something nice, but it's also from a very very. Uh, they have an agenda. It's like the trying to scare them straight kind of thing. Yeah, some of the things are very heavy handed, like we were saying, and there is like one of the first missions. Uh, the stories are presented in. PowerPoint style yeah. presentations and it there is like a scene like the second slide is a uh, uh, sheep's penis getting cut off like you don't see anybody chopping it off just it just falls off yeah just there's a sheep and then this image fades in of a penis falling on the floor like just thump. although they do describe it from the sheep's point of view and it's not it great. sounds yeah a I, lot of it is akin to uh uh sexual assault uh, terminology and stuff. Yeah. It sounds um, really just dark. Yeah. And uh, I think there are parental settings to prevent, like, letting kids download games out of their uh, rating. There's a bunch of videos where Bowser is uh, keeping an eye on baby Bowser. Yeah. Nintendo just... will show you how to take care of that stuff. Otherwise, just, yeah, keep an eye on it because it's free and it doesn't look necessarily... Like, yeah, the, the gameplay itself. You're shooting just a guns, kitten right? in a hoodie yeah. with like a gun, and it looks Which, cute. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye out for that and check it out. out. Let us know what you think of it. It's free. Um, what's your opinion on a game like this? Do you guys? What do you think of advocacy in a game? Do you think that should not be there, or I don't know? Games are an art form. It seems like it's just a. Uh, they can either be for entertainment or they can have a message, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a good middle road there. I don't know if this is it. I I, I didn't play it, so I wouldn't know. But mm-hmm. if I try it, I mean, I can give a better opinion. Yeah. 
Uh, next story up is the Sonic sneakers. Um, Puma has revealed that they're making Sonic and Knuckles themed shoes. Uh, they're blue. The Sonic shoes are blue. It's not. It's not Sonic's shoes. It's they're blue shoes with. Uh, there's like a little bit of. Um, they're themed after Green Hill Zone. A little bit, yeah. There's like a little trim that looks like Green Hill Zone. The grass and then like the dirt part of the... Yeah, that the checkered little... pattern that like the mountainsides and all the cliffsides are supposed to always have, the floor yeah. generally has, that's like sprinkled in there. I don't know what is up with the blue and white for the major, the majority of the top of the shoe. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's just supposed to be because Sonic's main color is blue, I guess. He has some white, like the gloves and his eyes. Yeah, I just... It's not totally emblematic of Sonic or anything, but whatever. And then the other shoe is mostly red. There's the Robotnik logo on it somewhere. Is it white sold? Um, no, I think this. I don't know. I don't remember. There was that one has the yellow and black like caution stripe uh, yeah. pattern that's like all over the factory zones in the game. It's cool that they're using those ba- those textures. I don't yeah. want to say textures, patterns. Yeah. But again, like they kind of. I do not like them. I did not like the way they looked. I don't like the shape of the shoe more than anything, but I don't think there's anything wrong with going the way they did. Um, I know that in the past there have been, like, video game shoes that are just super... Like you mentioned earlier, um, when we were looking at them, that when they just put the character right on them, that's kind of stupid. And... Yeah, because there are plenty that will do that. Like, I almost thought that the DBZ shoes that... Uh, was it Nike? I want to say Nike, but I don't. Maybe Adidas. Adidas I think it was Adidas. Yeah. Uh, They just came out with some shoes like a month ago, two months ago. Two months, I think. And those, they were DBZ themed and I was getting ready to like think they look stupid too, but they actually just were themed around the character and like their colors and and it's like, okay, that actually is kind of cool what they did with those. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And the shoe itself looked pretty nice too. Um. The ones that I liked, though, were Nike's Sonic shoes. Uh, this, these came out years ago, but they made some Sonic Adventure uh, Sonic shoes, and those things looked great. Like, I would actually wear those. Like, they look just like Sonic's shoes. Yeah, that's what... I like it when they just make semi-realistic shoes or really stylistic shoes. I like it when they just take those and make them real. I hate when they just slap a character on there. Yeah, and... unless they're, like... For kids, I mean, I don't... Even then, I never, ever liked seeing, like, Ninja Turtles or anything on my shoes. Like, I mean, if if a four-year-old wants to have... No, definitely. You know. I just wasn't that tacky. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Billy. Um, Go get some, some effing style. Hypothetical four-year-old. All right, that's... Yeah, I think we're good for that one. Uh, next story, Pokemon Go is going to be adding Alolan Pokemon to... I so hate that I didn't keep up with this game. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, we've talked about battery issues and Sprint. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sprint. Um, uh, if you didn't see the newest generation of Pokemon, it took place in a Hawaii-like region called Alola. And one of the biggest kind of draws of the game was that the oldest Pokemon from red and blue from the very first generation, some of them were going to be getting updates because they're Pokemon in living in a different region of the world. So it would make sense that they look different yeah, or had some sort of physical differences. Yeah. They evolve. They would obviously evolve differently for the adaptations. So yes. that was kind of a cool twist that they did this. It's not the first time there are a couple of Pokemon There's that a, yeah, have yeah. some slight variations of this same idea, but it was cool to see it like, because it's based around the f- tropical region. So, yeah, like Executor, who looks like a big fat tree, 
his becomes, neck is yeah. super long. And like and looks a lot more like a palm tree. He looks like a palm tree. Uh Doug Trio has hair. For like, some reason luxurious hair. hair. Yeah, uh Vulpix becomes an ice Pokemon instead of fire and has like frosty ice attacks or I mean uh, an appearance. Sandshrew and Sandslash have icicles instead of just sand covering them. Don't so, forget, Rattata gets a mustache. And Raticate gets real fat. Um, so these Pokemon are going to be coming out to Pokemon Go in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you're still playing, that should be fun. I, I, All this news that I'm talking about for Pokemon Go makes me want to get back into it, but then I remember uh, my phone doesn't have much storage space, and then there's the battery issues, and then Sprint, Sprint yeah. sucks. Yeah. Um, but if, uh, this, this would, I think would be enough to like get me to try it for another couple of weeks or something. But, um, if you guys are still playing it, do you guys, is it something that excites you or do you, is this not really enough to, uh, tickle your fancy or whatever? Um, yeah. Mobile games in general, are they your bag? Yeah. Right. I, and I then want... if they are or aren't, what kind? Cause mobile is a, is a whole thing. I don't really explore a whole lot. It, and there's so much variance because of the camera, there's the touchscreen. Yeah, it's a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it used to be a genre, and now it's just a platform on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, do you guys do you guys still like Pokemon Go? Do you still play it? Do you, is this gonna get you back into it? Um, if you guys have questions or want to participate in the show, please email us at gamegopodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, don't forget it. It's yeah. Pretty easy. It's the podcast name at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Uh, next story, Fortnite is finally getting jetpacks. They were going to be released three months ago, but for some unknown reason, at the, right right before they were uh, patched in, they ended up having to delay them due to some technical issues, I think. But uh, today, actually, um, May 22nd, they are finally going to be added to the game for a limited time. So, you know, if you want to try one, you should hurry. I am going to try that ASAP. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun. Uh, you can't aim down the sight when you're using a jetpack, but you can like use a shotgun and just rain death from relatively closely above. And uh, you can jump up on a mountain without having to build up there and give your location away. Yeah, that's the thing I really like is because for the longest time when I'm trying to be sneaky and just go up real high or something. Yeah. It's like, how do you deal quietly with the trail you're going to leave behind? I mean, I guess that's the whole point is you end is that that's the exchange. But how do you circumvent it without making a loud ass gunshot to destroy the route? Yeah. And this is exactly how you get around that. I've not used it yet, but it might be louder than a gunshot. That also makes sense, too, that it does that. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I definitely want to try it. It is a rare item, though, so you're going to have to probably play a few games to find one. Before you even get one. Yeah, but uh, that should be cool, and I'm very much glad with what Fortnite's doing with their Battle Royale mode, um, especially because, as I pointed out to you, Hate, um, they keep on adding stuff and changing the map in small ways. After the meteor hit, there was a crater in Tilted Tower, I believe, and they've They've added construction vehicles to the area and are starting to fill the area in with concrete. And that's only been the course of like three weeks. Two yeah, weeks. it's cool to see that this map keeps getting little pro- like, like like you can go up to a friend and be like, oh, did you see what they're doing at Tilted Towers? Just like as if you were going up to a friend at school and like something happened around the block that you both walk around. Yeah. Oh, did you see what happened there? It's like this is 
This is cool. <laughs> it's just nice to see this thing. It's constantly evolving. Getting this, like, instead of waiting for the day, they could just do it like, you know, you'd expect. And just whenever an update is going to happen, that's when you see all the changes. Or it's, even, like, once per season, like, okay, we did our thing. Like, right. Well, Leave it alone for a couple months or a month. Yeah. Nope. Instead, we have very little and gradual changes that are going to lead up to something a little bit more dramatic suddenly. That's effing cool to see it take this approach. Yeah. Um, like it, Epic is doing so good with this model. Yeah. Uh, uh, for all the arguments that people say, like, whether Fortnite or PUBG is better, like, I do think that Fortnite has done a good job of not only making the game, like, stay interesting with all their like uh limited game time uh, game modes that they have like the thanos one um but they're also just adding small things like that that you're like you said you can go and talk to your friends about and be like oh my god like for instance the meteor in the middle of the map the big one mm-hmm. at, at dusty, uh, dusty divot yeah, not yeah. Divot. originally there was some tents and some government vehicles around it They've actually started to build stuff around it like that is more than just like a government tent for the for the uh, biohazard people. Or right. So, like, they're building something around it, and it looks like they're trying to drill into the meteor. So, it just... It's still exciting to see, like, oh, is something going to come out of it? Is something going to come from it? Because they've even found, like, superhero layers scattered around the map in... in under, like, houses and stuff. Um, I did not know about that. Yeah. So, I'm... It's pretty exciting. There's even, like, a... Well, it, part of the theme for the for the season is um, movies. Okay. Not just not just superheroes. Uh, so somebody found a giant like T Rex footprint or Godzilla kind of. Oh, footprint. and in um, what's the woods? On Wailing Woods. The other one, the oh. other big Murky Mire. Oh, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mis- there's a movie set there. Moisty Mire. Yeah. Moisty Mire. Yeah. There's a whole big movie set going on there. So there's always it's like way easier to farm wood because it's all oh, in nice. pallets now. Even. Well, but you're in the trees anyway. Yeah, you can. I think the pallets go faster mm, okay. uh, than cutting down the trees do. Yeah. And I think time-wise, I don't know if it's more or less yield, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we've said enough about Fortnite. Yeah. But if you want to use the jetpacks, you should get on today and uh, update and play. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how long they're going to keep him up, but it's not going to be a forever thing. If anything, I would imagine that it's until the end of the season. That would make sense. Um, because they probably will add like a jetpack, use a jetpack for a challenge or something. Is the Thanos thing still up? No, that's already been taken down. Okay. They replaced it with 50 v 50. 50, 50. Version 2 again? Yeah. Okay. Cool, um, cool. Yeah. Uh, next story, Resident Evil 7 is coming to the Switch in Japan. If you uh, are in Japan, you will be able to stream the game to your Switch. So what this means is you, you download. It, it just has Twitch and you watch someone else play it. Pretty but much. you get to hold it like you did it. No. <laughs> um, you can download a bit of a demo. It gives you the first 15 minutes of play for free. After that, if you pay 2,000 yen, which is about 18 bucks here, it unlocks the game for six months for you. I interrupted you. Uh, you didn't – the service. You said the game, but not that this is like a service that it's going to be, right? Yeah, you download a demo – and then pay for it if you want to keep playing. It's a demo of Resident Evil 7, or is it a demo of the service? It is the game. It's the same thing. I thought, okay, so I guess I'm confused. It's it's Right now, it's just the one in the same service. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. So you download the game, and then 
15 minutes unless you want to play more than it's 18, well, 2,000 yen. And then for the next 180 days, you are allowed to play through the game and all the DLC for it, which is pretty substantial. So it's essentially you're streaming a rental. Pretty much. You're, you're renting the data. A way better price than PlayStation now, I believe. Right. Yeah. For 18 bucks, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, but it is only for Japan for now, and hopefully they realize what a great success that this is and bring it to the world because I would love to play Resident Evil 7. Only problem is you will need a constant internet connection to play. Yeah, it's kind of, you were talking about this beforehand too. It seems counterintuitive to the whole like, I'm supposed to take this everywhere and be able to play it. Not necessarily online, but I'm supposed to be able to take these games and play them anywhere. Yes, but (laughs) now that I think about it, they do have a Hulu app, which also requires a constant internet connection. And I do like the idea that they have experiences for you to take on the go versus this is something I'm going to settle in at home and play when I'm on my Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah. Uh, Pretty exciting. I haven't played Resident Evil 7 yet, so this will be good for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I streamed it, and it was fantastic. Yes. Uh, next story is a pretty big one, so, Sony. Now, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 was finally revealed. Um, they had announced it a couple of months ago, and they said that they were going to do a gameplay reveal, um, I want to say Wednesday last week. It might have been Thursday, though. Um, but they finally revealed that there is no campaign for Black Ops 4. Um, I think the amount of resources being poured into it versus the people that were actually playing it and completing it wasn't worth it. I personally have no problem with this. Black Ops 3 had a really bad story, and I haven't played a story since then, which, I mean, isn't too long, but it's still, like, that is millions of dollars going into something that most people will never touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't blame them for, for, for doing that. Um, but to compensate for that, they're going to be adding some single-player missions that will provide a little bit of story for the characters you can select in the multiplayer. Uh, they're going to act as a tutorial and kind of give some background and story for those characters. So, I mean, that seems con- like, that seems like something that will scratch that itch for people. Uh, I know I'm, I would like to know more about the characters because before you just saw, like, a little video and, like, a short bio, and then here's two abilities and go nuts. Um, but to kind of delve deeper into their backgrounds and then also just kind of see how to utilize their abilities effectively, that would be, uh, I think, a fun trade-off. But then also to um, alleviate any concerns about a lack of content, they're going to be adding three different zombie modes to just from the out of, out of the gate. Uh, usually the games just have the one, and then they add more uh, with each um, expansion pack. But uh, in this one... You're going to be able to play offline if you want to, and you'll be able to keep, like, three uh, AI companions, so that way it's kind of balanced for four people anyway. Um, and the first one is going to be, uh, I think it's called Nine, but it's, like, a uh, in Roman numerals, 1X, IX. Mm-hmm. And it has the player uh, in a gladiator arena in, like, ancient Egypt or something. It's weird. Uh, another one involves the Titanic, and zombies attack it. I don't know where they came from. But uh, And then the last one is called Blood of the Dead, which I believe is influenced by Mob of the Dead, which was a prison map from Black Ops 2, I want to say. It's been a while. But, yeah, if you enjoyed any of the Zombies modes um, or maps, you'll be able to play these, and especially um, with multipliers so that uh, you can have, like, fast zombies or 
uh, you know, that's the only one that comes to my mind right now. But there are <laughs> there are modifiers that you can add, and then you can give a seed ID or number to somebody else, so they go through the same challenge, and then oh. you can kind of compete with each other. Yeah, it okay. seems pretty cool. Not exactly a whole create your own level, but it lets you modify the challenge in specific Sh- ways. Share it with people. Yeah, like I, um, I got to wave fifteen when the zombies are super fast and they take less damage, and you only have a pistol. How 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 far can you get with this? The same okay. uh, uh, rules. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. I'll probably try it once or twice and then kind of leave that alone. Um, yeah. But the big reveal for Call of Duty was that they are adding a new mode called Blackout, which is going to be their version of Battle Royale. Uh, they talked about the map being 1,500 times bigger than Nuketown, which it's that not is... a huge map, so that's not really a great comparison. Like, yeah, I can't imagine walking was... across Nuketown 1,500 times to approximate the size. Yeah. Um, there was, like, it was a cul-de-sac. That is the worst, like, map to use as a frame of reference. You should take the biggest map and say it's 700 times bigger. Yeah. Or something like that, because that is still impressive. Um, considering... I don't know if they're going for, like, well, we get to say a bigger number if we say a smaller map. But <laughs> yeah. it's like, that doesn't work when you're one of the most popular games and everyone knows how tiny that map is. Yeah. I haven't played the game in years, and I know that that's not a big deal. <laughs> it is, I think, bigger than you might remember. Because mm-hmm. there is, like, here's the garden, the backyard, the right. houses, right. the street with the two ends, and then the other house, which also has its own backyard and a garden area back there. Maybe it is. I just remember about, like, four houses worth of a block that you get to explore, basically. Yeah. It's, with it's, that it's, bus in the middle and... There's a bus and a truck... Two houses and then two other houses bookending the across the street, right? They're uh, across each other. Yeah, it's a weird street because there isn't really a street. And whatever. Anyway, so the point is, it's gonna have uh, land, air, and sea vehicles, which, if they do pull that off, would kind of be a first. I mean, t- uh, PUBG has trucks, Camaros, buses, and uh, jet skis and and uh, boats for like four people. But if they do air vehicles, then that would, I think, be a pretty cool uh, addition to the series. But then that also introduces the idea of, like, if you're in a helicopter shooting at somebody, that makes you a huge target. Right. So that would be fun. I would probably be too scared to get into a uh, a helicopter or whatever the vehicles are. I'm not You're definitely going to have to uh... use a squad for... For for some proper cover on there. Yes. Because um, like, I imagine getting in a helicopter solo, like you said, is painting a massive target on your everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone in like a 50-foot, well, a massive radius is going to see you. Within uh, helicopter sh- earshot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then even if you can't hear it, you can see the helicopter yeah. probably. Um, Anyway, so they're also going to be adding characters from the Black Ops franchise to, I think, play as in Blackout. And they I've read that um, you're going to find parts of certain maps in the in that world, in the map that they make. So you might find Nuketown, but able, you're able to leave it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I like Battle Royale games. I, I like PUBG. Fortnite's fun on its own. Uh, and I'm definitely going to be trying this if I get Black Ops 4, which... Even without the uh, the the story and with the addition of the zombie modes, the extra ones, I I'm probably still gonna end up trying it, cause I mean it's Call of Duty and uh-huh. 
that's what gamers do. They I just play Call of Duty. I never got into the zombie modes. I think once they I, they went online eventually, right? Yes. Because at first they were strictly just a co-op, a couch co-op like affair. If you were going to go multiplayer at all, which was the way to play that. I want to say World at War might have been the only one to do no online. Oh, because well that's that, when it started. I think. Uh huh. No, I, it has to be more than just one. Because I know, like I was going to say, I didn't get super excited about zombie modes. Like, it was great that they were going to include them, but I was still like, this is a Call of Duty game. I want to go through a part of a war. Like, that's every Call of Duty is supposed to be doing that beforehand. Yeah, yeah. You go through a chunk of some war, whether it be made up or not. Um, but, yeah, that's... I'm very adverse to the idea that that's not going to be a thing anymore. I completely understand the idea that single player doesn't garner the attention at all of multiplayer modes. Obviously, there's only so much replayability behind it. You can only watch a movie so many times before you stop really wanting to watch it. Same with these games. As great as... Like, I keep remembering uh, Modern Warfare 1 and 2 for being, like, super crazy, amazingly cinematic. And then 1, 2, and 3, like, the original one, well, at least 1 and 2, for being crazy balls hard. Like, there was <laughs> n- absolutely no mercy. If you played on the hardest difficulty, there were sections where you were going to keep... You were going to reload and die within two seconds until you figured out which of the 360 degrees on your control stick you should be holding for safety from that save point. Yeah. Like, you were going to go through a lot of trial and error with that stuff. Um, It's not that anymore. It's kind of weird to have seen this franchise from the beginning go through this slow transformation where it is literally not at all about what it started as. It is. It was a single-player, balls-hard, go-through-a-war-and-try-to-simulate-the-sadness-frustration-and-hopelessness that a soldier then was supposed to feel uh while though not feeling alone not being a one-man army you have everybody trailing behind you yeah i think they yeah it has strayed far from what it, it once was and that's never bad that's not a horrible thing but to see that like straight up just abandon that main facet of what it once was kind of sucks um, i mean a DLC or maybe another title that is subtitled and is clearly a single-player-only campaign would maybe be nice, but I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like Legends of Call of Duty and then have it just be, here's a story pack. Something along those lines, And but even hearing you say it is like, man, no, I want Call of Duty to be the main... <laughs> that's the main campaign and everything else is Call of Duty multiplayer or Call, Call of Duty, Duty versus Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, on the bright side, this is just one of the three studios is Treyarch making this one. Um, Sledgehammer and Infinity Ward could still be working. I mean, they're probably developing their games right now and they they could be uh, doing a campaign again. Like it's not cut and dry. This is the end of single player. It's just this is what Treyarch thinks is best. And I mean, you can look at the trophy data and see how many people have earned the final trophy for the campaign. Yeah, and it's like almost nobody. Yeah. In comparison to multiplayer trophies that you're going to find. Like, well, everybody has a couple of those, which means everybody's playing the friggin' multiplayer game. Yeah, I mean, I think the money they lose from people not buying, let's say like 3% of the people bought um, 
what do you call it? The beat the campaign. Right. And now those 3% aren't going to buy the next one because there's no campaign. I think the money they saved by not having people focus on is the campaign more beneficial. is yeah, is going to outweigh the loss of 3%. I mean, that's still a lot of people, but I can't imagine that they would It's numbers. end up yeah, on the, on the short end of this uh deal basically. Right. I, yeah. I like I I understand the motivations behind doing it. It's just I guess that's just my take on it. It's like I hate seeing that happen to this. I would rather like die. <laughs> I guess I'll just die. <laughs> I would really like to see it's just been so long since I've seen a really really great non-cartoony, non-zany single player campaign game. Because that's all coming from Nintendo for me right now. Any you... really good single-player stuff, like, I feel it's all coming from Nintendo for me. I can't see anything else that's really pulling me towards it. There's tons of other games out there. I think maybe, you know, Wolfenstein might be one game that I really, really want to get out that it's like looks realistic and is going to give a very cool cinematic feel. I've seen some streams of it. I was thinking maybe getting that. It does seem a little, you said zany and serious. I don't know if that's really Wolfenstein because I think there are some like Pulp Fiction. There are some straight up like ridiculous scenes in that. You come over, like I think you can't walk. So you use a conveyor belt to like move (laughs) through a level and kill uh, Nazis. But Um, I mean, everybody's proportionate. They're not. Okay. They all have five fingers. Okay. Well, I'm sure there are people that had missing fingers. Most. Um. It is a war. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> World War Two, though. Uh, Call of Duty World War Two had a very somber, serious. I mean, they're trying to return to their roots. They their campaign, I think, reflects that because it is about you know just guys going off to war and not knowing what what they're gonna face. Oh, you know what? You're right. I completely forgot about this. Like that last version, it does separate from what it's been for a while. Yeah. Uh, and I need to check it out more. Yes. Also, just to get into the multiplayer, they said it's going to be a boots-on-the-ground multiplayer. They're not going to be boosting and wall-running like they have been in the previous um, in the, the games. The Advance War ones? Well, Advance, Infinite, Black Ops 3. Like, I'm glad they're moving away from that. It was its own thing for a while. and I'm, Again, I don't... them straying away from this stuff that they used to be. Uh, but, yeah. And now that, yeah, they're trying to come back to that, I think. Uh, there's also going to be a fog of war on the minimap. Suppressed weapons won't, I believe, break through that, so you, it, it, it's still advantageous to use them. And you don't automatically heal. You're going to have to manually start healing, and that leaves you vulnerable. That's a pretty crazy change, considering everybody else was like, oh, do you heal like Call of Duty? Is it Call of Duty healing? Yeah. You know, like, that. Th- this is the game that or, popularized... No, Halo too. also. Okay. Because you have the shield. Well, Halo had a shield, though. Everybody was making or was laughing about Call of Duty because it's like, oh, I took a shot. Let me just rest for like three minutes. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, Then there's going to be classes that help with that. Like the medic will be able to help heal people without really putting them in danger. Uh, You can use a recon class to clear Fog of War so that you can spot your enemies more easily. Um, Those sound like really cool additions. And they said they wanted to make the focus more on teamwork and not just shoot everything that moves, lone wolf it, you know? Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to this next one, even if if it is just another Call of Duty for most people. 
so yeah, that's a pretty big story. But uh, Sony, Sony up next. Sony is ending physical production of their Vita games, so you're no longer gonna be able to get the little carts with your anime visual novels on them. <laughs> um, there are too many of those of just all sorts of lewd games on the PSP and well, not even lewd necessarily, just hyper Neptunia dimensional something or other. Like that's very a series on the Vita. Anime, yeah. I yeah. played a uh, fairy, or I tested on Fairy Fencer, fairy Fencer F. F, and that is from the same guys. Even borrows a couple of characters from oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so they said by the end of their fiscal year, they're going to be ending production. So their fiscal year ends March thirty first. So until twenty nineteen, if you haven't and you want to, now is the time to start buying those cartridges because they're going to be really hard to find and they're going to be really expensive afterwards. If you want to collect some of them and maybe sell them, you know, that Collecting might... is probably the best reason to get them right now. I can't imagine... I mean, I I never looked them up, but I would imagine Vita numbers are just awful. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason Sony abandoned it after a relatively short time. Two years here, and they were kind of already trying to sweep it under the rug. No, like, I saw that, and it's like, who is telling you guys to keep doing this? You're <laughs> not going to take down Nintendo as far as portability. And then especially now with the Switch, no, don't ever try it again. Like, <laughs> it, it, they're not going to beat them. Yeah, no. Um, Unless they come out with another tablet-like that is full, like, strength of a PC, they're not going to beat them. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I think I saw, like, um, concepts of a Sony Switch kind of looking right. thing. Right. Uh, right after the Switch came out. It was weird. But it doesn't look like... They, they haven't announced anything, and I don't think they're going to jump into portability again, especially with VR kind of being their oh, side focus yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Like, just stick to that, because they seem to be doing pretty cool with that. Yeah. Uh, the game... What was the game? There was a game about a mouse. Moss. M-O-S, I think. Mm-hmm. About a little mouse, and apparently that's a very good experience. I'm hoping that Sony sticks to VR, because if they don't, and everyone else just starts kind of pulling out of that field, then it's going to die before it's out, and... It can be very good, and I cannot wait for the day that VR is what we all imagined it would be, like the Hollow Deck in Star Trek. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the VR is definitely a better uh, route than the Vita was. Um, yeah, definitely for them. They have the muscle and the money to go ahead and mess around and mess up, even in <laughs> VR. Yeah. Nintendo cannot take that risk. They are like. They are the leading they're, – they're one of the better-selling uh, video game companies out there in the industry right now, but they still can't take those massive jumps and leaps that uh, – Sony. That Sony can, considering Sony does effing everything. Yeah, I was going to say they got TVs, movies, DVDs, microwaves. Uh, computers. They, computers. They can supply their own parts. Nintendo yeah. has to still buy stuff from other people. They have to mess around with it and experiment with it if they want to get things done, and they don't have the facilities or space for just freely doing it like Sony would. Yes. Um. So, but, however, they've firmly established not just their foot, but their whole effing leg <laughs> is planted firmly into the planet of portability, and no one else can touch it, so effing don't. <laughs> yeah, don't try. Sorry. Mobile phone is actually... Uh, the, the the mobile market is actually bothering them. That's the because 
everyone's buying a phone and then, oh, and by the way, you can play games on it. Not mm-hmm. because, oh, I need the new Samsung so-and-so so I can play Fortnite on it. Yeah. If we exclude those and we just, again, look at PSP, both uh, uh, the, the Vita and any of Nintendo's handhelds, Sony loses, like, with... Uh, Alright. Why did they try <laughs> them and the Xbox? The PSP was a moderate success. It was. Um, Especially because still... they were so hackable. <laughs> <laughs> that, if anything, killed their sales is when Sony was so public about trying to fight the piracy for it. Mm, yeah. It's like, don't just be hush just hush do about it, it. But don't <laughs> tell anyone about it. Um, so, yeah, that is. Uh, sorry, we're getting back to the story. Vita, production games buy them now if you are if you ever conceivably want one or want the games you're still gonna be able to get them digitally so i mean that's not as much a concern but if you think that uh, i mean there was some random game for the nes that was super expensive because they only made a few copies of it yeah i mean it's hard to predict that kind of thing but you know now's the time to buy because next year you won't be able to and you're gonna have to pay 800 bucks to import an idol master game or something <laughs> Oh, that's a genre. Yeah, so our last story of the day is Best Buy is ending the Gamers Club Unlocked. So if you're not familiar with it, it's a program that if you're a member of it, um, you get 20% off all new games and pre-orders. Um, it was originally $100 for two years. They dropped it to $30 for two years, which makes that an amazing deal. And if you're really buying a lot of games, and I mean, 100 bucks is still a good deal. You also get other coupons and offers and stuff. It's, it's, it's good. But... It is no longer available to purchase on their website, and you cannot go in store to buy it or renew your membership. They did say, however, that existing memberships will be honored until they expire. But again, there's no word on if they're going to replace this program with anything. It's a great deal, and I ended up buying it just so I could buy a couple games, and I ended up making or, or it was worth the price like immediately. Um, it paid for itself after, yeah. very quickly. Yeah, uh, it's kind of sucks that it it. Sh- gonna be probably going away um i know amazon prime has something with pre-orders if you pre-order you get 20 percent off but they don't let you pre-order every game so that also kind of throws a stick in the mud on top of which i've heard a couple of horror stories about like oh we're glad you pre-ordered unfortunately we're gonna have to delay the delivery of that because reasons um so i mean right now it's like get a gamestar elite pro thing but then that's only good for pre-order game uh, pre-owned games um, so yeah, it's kind of sad that this is going away. I luckily had just recently bought mine, so it's good for two years. Uh, so I'm going to probably try to use it as much as I can until then. But, uh, did any of you guys, any of you listeners have one? Are you upset that it's going away? Do you have a backup plan that you want to tell me about so I can buy it and I don't have to lose good savings? <laughs> um, if you have an answer to any of those or if you have questions to ask us, please email us at uh, gamegopodcast at gmail.com and we will feature you on the show or, you know, you can be part of it. Um, but that's it for the news. It's kind of a not so busy week, but there were a few large stories. We did, yeah. We, we we spoke a lot longer than we usually do about pretty much everything today. Exactly. I think it's the literally. I'm I'm feeling a lot more spry lately. <laughs> um, rock climbing. Yeah, a lot of rock climbing. I'm trying to be like mountain climbing Link. Oh, with the weird headband and the kombucha. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So besides Zelda, what have you been playing? Um, so I talked about Kitten Squad, and I was trying to actually not be so reviewy at first. Yeah, I was thinking kind of accidentally did anyway. 
So there's that. Um, also did Pumpkin Tourney, Pokemon Tournament DX. Finally got a chance to play it. I've been wanting to play this since Wii U. Uh, hadn't been able to get, like, the resources for it. Mm, money. Yeah, resources. Um, <laughs> the manpower for Pokemon Tournament. Finally got the manpower for it and uh, tried it out. I'm upset. Why? <laughs> so it is a great fighting, fighting game. game. It is a fighting game from... It is a kind of cross-up between... In gameplay, not story or characters... But in gameplay between Pokemon and uh, uh, Tekken, they based the the fighting system around Tekken. So, as many of you can expect, it's a 3D fighter, but also a 2D fighter, and that's the part that kind of frustrates me. It's a uh, unique one of the one of its most unique things is that it uh it has two phases, quote unquote, for fighting. Mm-hmm. That's kind of weird to say, too, because it's not like at one point during the match, like in time or at a specific point, there are just attacks. Most of the attacks that will launch, they put okay. you into this other phase. So you always start out in field phase. And okay. that's where you can move around freely on the map, left, right, forward, back. You can dash in any of those directions. But yeah, Um if you, either you or your opponent, let's say you guys grab, do a throw, let's say you do just a really strong hit that sends them uh, flying for a little bit, uh, most of these moves, after the last hit connects in the combo, yeah, this kind of dramatic thing happens and the camera angle switches and you'll no longer be in phase mode but in dual mode. And this is a more close range mode where you're closer to the other Pokemon and... You're no no longer moving forward, back, left, right. You're now moving forward, back, uh, and you can do like an upper pose for more attacks or lower pose for more attacks, a crouch. Yeah. yeah. It's either one of those fighting styles is great. I guess my biggest peeve with it is the fact that like it even exists in this game. Switching between both modes it's really upsetting when there's a lot of uh, uh, hmm. some of the moves don't work in both modes. Mm-hmm, yeah. Some of the moves do. So you have to learn basically two move sets for your characters. It's it would be cool if it was two completely different move sets. Yeah. But like I said, some of them are the same and some of them aren't. So now you have to go in each category of buttons. Oh, uh, okay. Sh- quick attack long attacks and uh or range attacks and like uh strong attacks mm-hmm. now you have to know which ones do and don't change and how they're affected in in either phase and it's cool because that adds a layer of depth where it seems to be because this game isn't super super in, uh combo intensive there are every character has their their combos but they're not how do i say it is not as in-depth, like, the, the, the inputting as a Tekken, as a Street Fighter, as any other fighting game. It is uh, simplified, but also not, like... Not simple. Not super... There is a, there is some depth to it. Yeah. Along with that, I guess, to make up, and, you know, that way you don't have to know, like, 32 button inputs. Um, 
that I think that's where the phases came in to make up for that and throw in some variety there. Okay, yeah. So then you have to learn the phases, and that's kind of the key to battle, along with the uh, typical fighting triangle where uh, attacks will break grabs, will break guards, will break attacks. Okay, um, yeah. Follows that standard triangle. Uh, so, yeah. I don't think... I- I've been wanting to find a fighter... Arms has been kind of filling a really weird niche for me, a really weird itch, um, but not quite, you know, like something like I was obsessed with Street Fighter and uh, and Smash Bros for a long time. This game isn't quite getting that itch. It still feels cool and good to win. It's very satisfying. The tutorial drags on for effing ever. How, how helpful long. is it though? It is. I think after a little while, you kind of just start tuning this chick out. She, you have, that's another thing too. You have this hostess that is always at the bottom left corner telling you what everything does. She's the narrator, announcer, and everything. And she is, she gets annoying real quick. Oh, no. Like when I'm learning how to fight on my first few online matches and I'm losing and getting frustrated, she'll chime in at the point of loss and say something along the lines of uh oh you did I guess your I sh- best it's encouraging but it's also like shut up like i have no desire to hear you <laughs> yeah. I, whether i win or lose i'm uh she talks a lot during the intro stuff just showing you the gui takes like like and i'm talking about like the main menu you're probably like looking at two minutes worth of conversation with her yeah. It's like, I know what a menu is, just, yeah. What? I was playing a game recently where you had a helper talking to you. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the game was, but everyone got super annoyed with her super fast. Was it the sw- golfing game? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was everybody's golf, everybody's right? Everybody's golf, yeah. Yeah. She's like, good putt, nice similar, shot. Similar to this. It, she's there constantly commenting. It's cool that she'll, like... She'll give you helpful information during the match because you're not exactly keeping your eye on your meters the entire time. Yeah. But And she'll throw out stuff like, hey, your support meter is full. Hey, your synergy meter is full. But then also she's just saying it's always battle-relevant stuff, mm-hmm. but I still don't always want to have somebody telling me this stuff at all times. Yeah. Like I said, I, mean, I didn't you could do see- a little chime and like – to indicate that your meters Keep are full. Keep it maybe to one or two. Yeah, yeah, just audio chimes and stuff like that are totally fine. I'd prefer that over somebody telling me, hey, uh, your meter's full. Or Don't like, forget your yeah. synergy meter's halfway. Oh, your enemy's synergy meter is already full. Sometimes the language they use is also discouraging. Like, the only way to fill up the synergy meter is to successfully keep landing attacks. Mm-hmm. She'll say, is already full? When they still have a lot of health and a full synergy bar and you're draining. So it's like, I I know that you don't say that under other situations. You usually just say that it's full. And now I know this weird specific thing and that is really psyching me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that sucks. Yeah, I don't oh, like mm, her. Okay. You know what? Uh, you mentioned a fighting game that, or that you wanted one. Did you ever play For Honor? Oh, uh, just a little bit? You had shown me? It's basically a fighting game. Yeah. No, I, I've seen that one. And yeah. I know that it has not... It's, it's, it is kind of a rock, paper, scissors with the... Uh, with how you... When, every time that you engage an attack, 
you're gonna have like you have to either break their guard or grab to get out of it follows the same can, triangle doesn't you it you can dodge you can and then sometimes when they attack it's a feint and it's leading to a grab but if you grab at the same time it breaks it if you're attacking it'll usually stop the guard the, the grab there's it, yeah it's it's basically just a fighting game but from the third person instead right. of side to side um and it's there's 12 there were 12 characters on release four for each faction the um knights the vikings and the samurai They've added two for each right now, and you can just play, and you'll be able to earn all of them. Uh, so it's pr- it's pretty fair. And on top of that, you get like cool upgrades to your visual stuff that do give you some small stat bonuses mm-hmm. that aren't gonna break the game, but it does give you a little bit of help if you like if you keep running out of stamina, you can either increase your stamina recovery or you can reduce the stamina cost of your attacks. Um, and yeah, it's just each character plays so differently. So like the main one that I played was the warden, who's just this knight with a big two-handed sword, and she was good at like shoulder bashing to break their guard and then like attack really quickly to like kind of exploit that. Uh, I heard she's like one of the worst characters in the game because she doesn't oh. really have a lot of tools in the game. Uh-huh. So I switched over to the peacekeeper, who is this little knight who's got like two blades and is kind of an assassin. She has a lot of poisoning attacks. So if you, instead of grabbing somebody and just chucking them or attacking, she, like, stabs them in the side and it's like, oh, you've now done, like, 30% of their health that they're going to lose over time. Um, So each character plays pretty differently. You can earn these really cool executions with each character. Like, if you really like a character, you can invest a lot of time into them to make them how you want. You can even add an effect so that when you execute somebody, lightning strikes their body or something. Like, it's just a fun crazy weird fighting game and some of it's a little like annoying or if you're fighting in a team then their teammates come help and it's like okay well now it's a two on one mm-hmm. you, there is some stuff to kind of make up for that to make it to kind of keep it fair but like it, it's easy to if it's two on one you you might lose especially if they know what they're doing like it's it's it sucks but you can also just do one-on-ones and it, it is a lot of fun mm-hmm. and i think it fight it scratches that fighting game itch at least for me it does i don't know when I'll have a chance to try it, but maybe next time I can, I will. Um, but yeah, that's my take on Palkin. Uh, it is a def- is definitely a competent fighter. It was better than I thought it was going to end up. But yeah, it's not... I think what I want is something more... Skullgirls or just... I need more of my uh, Street Fighter 4. Mm, yeah. Like, they went to five, and it got a little, uh, not clunkier is the right way, weighty, though. Weighty. Um, That's how I've always felt about the Street Fighter franchise, It, it keeps, yeah, it gets a little bit slower and slower, it seems, every time it goes along. I want to, I want one that's not so hyper as Marvel vs. Capcom, Ooh, but yeah. I still want something in between, like, three and four. Street Fighter three and four. Uh, but How's yeah. Mortal Kombat for you? I never liked Mortal Kombat. I've never liked Mortal Kombat. Is it the feel of the game or the characters or the the fighting system in general? Just that uh, I think when we're going hardcore two D like that with two people on the screen, it needs to be very very Street Fighter like. Um, Skullgirls, very very much like Street Fighter, where you hold back and that's block, and mostly most of the inputs are either quarter circles or doing that weird for a Shoryuken motion. It borrows mm. a lot of that or does charge moves too. Yeah. And like that's the stuff that really, really like 
gets me going as far as a uh, street fighter or as far as uh fighting games yeah with uh mortal kombat mm-hmm. it there is like the quarter circles but you don't input that in between so you exactly yeah forward. it's more like down forward or down back or just quick combinations of stuff which yeah. is just different not better or worse uh but i was i was never a fan of that blocking is also a button isn't it it's it's not just holding or walking away um, from your enemy i don't remember um it was in injustice is the same and i don't remember i i don't know if they still all have some like like in the first mortal kombats everybody had like that same jab move and repeated like punching when you just keep pressing the jab button yeah like everybody shared a couple of the same moves yeah like everyone has a knockup attack in in injustice yeah um something like that it kind of uh i didn't like that either where everybody has like a some of the shared move set yeah like you have ryu and you have blanca and both of their anti-airs look entirely different one of them's coming up with a dragon punch. The other one is flipping a thousand times at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blanca's scary. Yeah. We've put a lot of time into that. <laughs> yeah, we did. That's fine. I mean, we're talking about Pokemon and other fighting games. Um, but I played Banner Saga for the Switch. It just came out on Thursday. It is a strategy game. Well, on Switch, it came out on Thursday. It came out on Switch on Thursday. It was originally on iOS and PC Four years ago, and then two years ago, it came to PS4 and Xbox One, and now it's on the Switch. It has a sequel as well. Also coming to the Switch eventually, and nice. the third one will also be coming to the Switch. I want to say first, there but I don't There are three? Remember. There's going to be or a third Or there's going to be a third. Nice. We're making a third. It is a strategy game set in a world inspired by Norse mythology, so you have humans, you have a lot of runic writing, you have what they're called Varl, but they're these giant warriors, probably two or three times larger than a human. And they all have these just big horns coming out of their head, kind of like Loki almost, or just bulls in general. Um, and in this game, you play as one of, well, you play as two leaders, one at a time. A, like one's on the east side of the continent, the other one's on the west, and they both are marching towards each other without knowledge of that, and also for different reasons. So, like, the humans who have a Varl to help them, they are running from these stone golem monsters called Dredge. Uh, I believe the West is hearing about these attacks and is trying to get people to help or they're trying to get back home. And so as you're running from these creatures, you see, like, your people on the world map marching. Uh, You have to make decisions that are difficult and not always, like, this is a good or bad thing. For instance... At one point, you have somebody who in your caravan is drunk and has been causing problems. Like, he he just causes a ruckus. Everyone's like, well, you should put him in prison or physically punish him or kick him out. Um, I chose to ban him from drinking. And it's like, well, you did, but he's going to get drunk anyway. He's going to find a way. Um, And then he started another incident and raised a false alarm. And everyone's like, well, you should kill him or, you know, kick him out again. And... I chose to be cautious and just to make sure it wasn't a false alarm. And after that, like, it even says, like, you don't hear or, or see him again. And you nobody wonders why. And so it's like, I didn't take a stand on this issue. And then my people took it into their own hands with vigilante justice and, like, probably left the guy to starve to death or something in the oh. snow. Yeah. Um, so it, it feels like Walking Dead, not like the Telltale series, but more just in the themes of the comic and the movie or the, uh, the show where you're playing the leader, making tough decisions that no one else wants to. And everyone looks up to you and you're kind of just shoved into this situation 
and you're just trying to do the best thing, escaping from monsters, dealing with other people that don't always have the best intentions. Um, and it's a lot of fun because in the combat, it's not just, oh, you know, you move your character over to this guy and there's a 50% chance you're going to hit him. You missed. In this game, there is usually always a, like a guaranteed hit. The only difference is if you have somebody with more armor than you have attack. And so the way that armor works is it's basically another health bar that you have to specifically attack. And just because you're good at attacking their health doesn't mean they're good at attacking their armor. You have different values for the two. On top of which, your health is your strength. So, like, somebody who's about to die is not going to be very strong, which makes sense if you think about it. Um, But, for instance, I have the Varl, the big Viking dude, who's got, like, 20 health, which means he has 20 attack. So if he goes up to somebody with 10 armor and 10 health, he's going to just kill them in one attack. Um, It adds a little bit of, like, wrinkles to to the fighting because it's not just, oh, just sending your tankiest, strongest guys have them take an attack and then just retaliate and kill everybody. Now you have to use your archers or your spearmen to kind of whittle down their armor and then have a heavy hitter go in and just finish them off. Um, on top of which, like, the spearmen can stab somebody, make them bleed, so then if they move at all, they take damage for every time, every step they move. Hmm. So if you use that first, then have your Varl just shove the guy back. Every step he gets pushed back, He's he gonna takes take the damage. damage. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then there's, like, some of the stone golems will just start to summon somebody. And if you don't kill them in time, then that's another enemy you have to face. Uh, and then the combat always goes back and forth. So it you have to think further about, like, yeah, I can attack this guy, but it's his turn next. So if I don't set it up to finish him off, then he's going to become a bigger problem for my for my party. Um, yeah, it, it, so far it's really fun. I think I want to say it's 10 bucks. It's also on iOS and PC if you have those. Um, however you want to play this game, you should, because it is definitely good. And the art style is hand-drawn, and it doesn't look like garbage. Yeah, that was, uh, I think, the biggest deal when it first came out, is that the art is really, really beautiful, and it's all done by hand. It looks kind of like uh, the sword in the stone, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is kind of like flat colors, but there's a less is more kind of approach to it, where it just... It just looks like a moving drawing or an old cartoon, not old cartoon, but a cartoon from like rotoscoping. They use that where like they have people doing the animations and then they'll draw over the person that that did it. And so it just looks really smooth and and fluid. Uh, And then the backgrounds themselves, like the world that you're traveling in looks, it's snowy as hell, but it's beautiful. And there's like some areas that are destroyed or on fire or just the settlements that people created, like it just... It looks great and it's fun and the music is pretty good. Um, I think it's definitely worth like the ten bucks. I want to say that it is. Um, not a hundred percent though. But yeah, I mean that, that that's what I've been playing mostly mostly this week. Nice. And you play Pokemon. But uh, yeah, there are a couple games coming out in the coming week. Um, nothing tomorrow, May twenty third, Wednesday. Yeah, so. it's a quiet day tomorrow. Yes, but Thursday. Thursday. Do you want to read them or do you want me to? I'll do it. All right. You got, uh, that's May 24th. We got Defender's Quest Valley of the Forgotten DX edition. So I'm assuming that game has already been out and just has all the DLC on it now. Yes. Uh, Punch Club. Sagan. Oh, sorry. That's going to be on PS4. Punch Club. I'm pretty excited about that. That's coming out on Switch. Zenbound 2, also on Switch. Baobab's Mausoleum, Episode 1 of Nifagos Don't Eat Flamingos. 
Whoa. I don't know. I We need to look up what that is. Just, All right. I need to know because of that title. That's also going to be on Switch. N++ Ultimate Edition. Uh, if you're familiar with N+, this is, like it says, N++ Ultimate Edition. It's going to be the compilation of everything that game has come out with. Uh, that's going to be on Switch. Bloodstain, Curse of the Moon. This is a Kickstarter. Is the Curse of the Moon is the kick the stretch goal? I want to say Legacy of the Night or whatever. Ritual of the Night is the game. Curse of the Moon is a Kickstarter stretch goal. Yeah, this one. Uh, it's an old NES looking. It's an NES style retro style looking Castlevania type game. Looked pretty freaking sweet. I want to get it. Uh, yeah, it looks Switch, good. Switch, Xbox, PS4, and PC. Escape game Aloha. Um, that you play as a Pikachu inside a Pokeball trying to get out in the Alola region. That's going to be on Switch. Uh, you can ignore my co-host, my host, my other host. Uh, Discovery, also on Switch. Uh, Arcade Archives, Iki, on Switch. And ACA Neo Geo, Top Players Golf, on Switch. Those were a big deal on arcades. I want to say that that's the one with the ball that you have to roll forward and back, right? With a trackball? Yeah. It might be. I'm not 100%. Yeah. Yeah, next day. Go ahead. Oh, okay, you want me to do it? Okay. Uh, Friday, May 25th, <laughs> uh, Sudden Strike for European Battlefields Edition for Xbox One. Uh, Dark Souls Remastered for Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Super Hyperactive Ninja for Xbox One. That sounds boring. O or O Ascension? It's O, capital O, and then lowercase O again. Ascension for Xbox oh, One. Oh, Ascension. Oh, Ascension. Uh, Dungeon Rushers for the Switch, Xbox One, and PS4. Atomine, all caps for Switch, and Detroit Become Human for PS4. That's a... Uh, That's one I'm looking forward to. Yeah. The week. Um, oh, that and Punch Club. That game is fun. Tuesday, May 29th, the next week, is we have Agony for Xbox, PS4, and PC. Moonlighter for Xbox, PS4, and PC. Sega Genesis Classics, also on Xbox, PS4, PC. Uh, Yoku's Island Express. Sprint Tires, or Spin Tires, Mad Runner, The Ridge. That's a lot of subtitles there. What is it on? All, both of those on Xbox, PS4, PC. Yoko's Island Express is also on Switch. Sorry, I thought they were on the same one. Harvest Moon, Light of Hope is going to be on Switch and PS4. Uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary. I thought that was already on Switch. What is this one? Switch, Xbox, PS4, and PC. No, I think you're thinking of like Ultra Street Fighter 2 or something. Maybe. Fallen Legion Rise to Glory on Switch. RBI Baseball 18 on Switch. Legend of K Anniversary on Switch. Die for Valhalla on Switch, Xbox, PS4, and PC. Ikaruga on Switch. And Knights of Pen and Paper Plus One Deluxier Edition on Switch and PS4. Yeah, Ikaruga is a shoot em. You're in a plane shooting up. Yeah, and you swap your color to absorb the other color. You've yeah, so the enemies will shoot either blue or red ammo at you, and you have to swap your shield to absorb that ammo. And it, it's it gets really freaking crazy. Yeah, and I've it's heard. Really pretty. I've heard. Ikaruga's been mentioned like forever as far as uh, really solid, really unique top-down shooters. Yeah. Um, there was some game that borrowed heavily from the idea, and I can't remember what it was. But yeah, Ikaruga is a crazy concept, and it doesn't get... I don't think that concept gets used enough or borrowed from enough, that mechanic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And Knights of Pen and Paper is also good. 
Yeah, I wanted to play that. I don't know what happened. I got the game, and for whatever reason, I just never ended up being able to play it. I don't know if it was time. I don't know if something huh. else took my time or Maybe what. Maybe your phone couldn't run it or something. Maybe. Uh, I, I really want to try that game out. Yeah. You can take that everywhere. Indeed. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Game Go podcast, where we talk about video games and whatever else we want. I'm Sonareth. I'm Hey Bit Hero. And we are Game Go. Yeah, if make you... sure... Uh, let me do it. Oh, yep. <laughs> if you got any questions or comments about anything we've talked about today, uh, and any opinions about anything, we're interested in all of it. We want to hear everything you think about any of this stuff. If you got a game that we've mentioned that is coming out soon, and you're looking forward to that, uh, anything, you can hit us up at gamegopodcast.com, or dot... Ugh, at gmail.com. I'm sorry. Gamegopodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, if you don't like emails, we got Twitter at GameGo11. And we're also at GameGo Podcast on our uh, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. which is getting more and more active uh, every day. Cool. Not every day, but most days. <laughs> By the week, yeah. Um, yeah. So let us know what you guys think about anything we've spoken about. Let us know what you guys are interested and might want to hear about next time. Yeah, if you have a specific news story that maybe isn't the biggest, but you still want to hear our opinions on it, please email us about it. Yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I guess we'll see you guys next week. Bye! See ya!